0: Hey guys, this is Logan from Indiana. Uh, and Ro, this is, you know, specifically for you, but I swear to God, I hear one more thing about Star Wars. I really will slip the fuck out. I'm just as excited as the next guy. We've got our tickets pre-ordered for Sunday, but I don't need to have everything Star Wars shoved down my throat right now. I don't need Star Wars underwear, Star Wars cereal, Star Wars TV show, Star Wars movie, Star Wars Under Armour. I don't need all that shit right now. Just calm the
1: fuck down with it so I can be calm.
2: Uh,
1: uh, Thank you. Love the show. All right, pal. I'm all right.
3: Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I didn't say what's up this time, even though I just did. Um, This week, we have returning guest Timothy Renner from strangefamiliars.com. And Tim comes on to discuss his usual Pennsylvania folklore. Yes, I know we do about fifteen shows on Pennsylvania a year, as I make light of in this episode. But Timothy is really good at I just want to start calling him Tim. I feel weird calling him Timothy. Am I am I strange for being that way? No. No? I mean, who I don't know. Maybe people do call him Timothy. I don't know. Timmy Tim, if you're out there listening, I apologize for making it weird instantaneously. Anyways, um, Late. He comes on the show to talk about his investigations at what he refers to as Site 7. Uh, before anybody asks, no, we don't get specific about where it's at because apparently it's somewhat accessible. It is private property. He doesn't want people just going in there and trapsing all over the place and being rude, which I totally support and understood. Um, I had a conversation with him off the air beforehand saying, hey, we weren't, we weren't going to ask about this stuff, so... That's pretty much how that all went through. But anyways, uh, he talks about his investigations at Site 7. He talks about this strange phenomena of the flannel man, which is kind of like this shadowy hat man, black-eyed kids phenomena that people have been experiencing that are slowly starting to come out and talk about it. And we also talk a little bit about Toad Road, which is in the area where he's at as well. It's another area of strange phenomena We don't go into a whole heck of a lot about it because he's written a book about it, and to go into it in depth, is it's going to take forever. So we do cover a lot of cool stuff with him, though. Um, Having said that, uh, before I forget, next week, uh, Lobo, you're going to be out of town or something's going on with you. Yeah, we need to uh,
2: talk about that.
3: Well, my work schedule is going to be crazy anyways, so... We're going to uh, run two bests of next week, primarily because uh, a former guest we had on the show, uh, Dr. Bashir Saab, we did an episode, two episodes with him a ways back, and he emailed me asking that we somehow repost those from the old shows, that way he can link them to his website. So I said, yeah, I'll, sure, I'll do that, because they were fun episodes. So two bests of, and after this interview is over with, a little bit of preface, i um, I think it was five years ago now, maybe four, we mm. had um, – there was a flyer that was made up. Oh, Jesus. This is the Wookiee one that no. Manny made. And I'm not sure if he did post it or put it around Chicagoland or Chicago area or not, but there was a flyer made that had two pictures of uh, a Chewbacca on it, and it said something like, Wiki call competition, call this number and leave a voicemail with contact info.'" And those were posted. It was, I don't know, somebody with a fan was doing a crazy PR stunt, which we completely encourage people to do. Take our phone number, put them on flyers, and do nutty PR stunts, as long as it's not like something that's going to get us in trouble. And um, that poster was apparently reposted on the Facebook page. So people have been calling and leaving wiki calls. So ooh, after ooh, the geez. interview's over with, we're just going to go into the wiki calls.
2: <laughs> Great jesus christ and
3: people are leaving contact info it's like no no we don't we don't need your contact info if you just want to call in and leave a wookie call for no real reason whatsoever i don't know it 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 happened before we had a few people call and then i think manny went on the facebook page and besides posting tons of inappropriate material that i have to continuously go in and delete he reposted the flyer so people started calling the number again and leaving wookie calls again so, um, you know, we're, you're going to hear wiki calls after the interview is over with, which is appropriate after talking about Bigfoot, I guess. So uh, we're going to see you guys at yeah. the other cool, side. Oh, well, sure. And just maybe I might have somebody here with me as well. Well, we don't know. It depends if that person makes it up here in time or not before we get to uh, clo- record the closing of the show. So uh, on with the interview with Timothy and on with the wiki calls. Hey. Turning with us tonight, we have Timothy Renner from the Strange Familiars podcast. And you're also a frequent on Soraya's show, Where do the Road Go? And Soraya was actually who got me into you. And we've had you on here before to talk about your other book. I had to deal with um, wild man sightings and things like that before Bigfoot was a thing. So I've been listening to your show a lot. And since we've had you on, you've gone out into the field and done more exploring. And you've come up with more and more crazy legends and every time i say all right we're done with pennsylvania we're not going to do any more shows about pennsylvania sure as shit, it gets weird again and more and more (laughs) strange shit comes out of your state so what the hell is up with pennsylvania man because it seems like twice a year we're doing a show on pennsylvania and the information never gets old there's always something new and weird there
4: it is the gift that keeps on giving uh it really is and and i thought Man, I'm going to run out because I like a big part of my podcast is doing the on-site stuff, right? So yeah. I, I like going out and being at the places and experiencing stuff. And I thought I'm very, very quickly going to run out of stuff for for doing because for doing that, because uh, I mean, how much can there be? And then I just keep finding, you know, uh, something else, some other little legend, uh, you know, a haunted church. Uh, uh, you know, a Bigfoot witness recently called me from, uh, you know, a little ways away, an hour and a half away. Uh, from Michaux State Forest and, and I went out there and interviewed him you know on location at the sighting, you know at the area of his sighting and his experience and stuff so it's uh, I don't know I, I when I started the podcast I, I was saying to people oh it wouldn't matter where I lived I could find the weird stuff wherever I live but the more I I'm here and the more I'm digging in and the more stuff I'm finding I don't know I think there is something weird about Pennsylvania
3: plus it appears to be coming to you um You are doing more and more investigations now. You are doing more and more on-site kind of stuff. So where do we start this at? Do we start this at Site 7 or do we start at Toad Road?
4: Um, Well, I mean, I started with Toad Road because that's where my my book was. But uh, Site 7 is where the podcast has been recently just because that that area seems to be really kind of hot and active right now. So I guess we can start with that.
3: All right. Now, I know you don't want to make it too well-known because – From what I understand, it's not that hard of a place to get to, and I guess it is a private residence of some kind, and you don't want tons of people going out there. So I'm not going to ask you super specific questions as to where possibly this could give the location away, but describe the area, what it's like and everything, and tell us about Site 7, because you've been going there for a while, and you're starting to get a lot of really weird, strange stuff out of there.
4: Yeah, and I mean, to be fair, what you hear on the podcast is, you know, one in Ten visits, maybe something you know worth uh, worth b- being on the podcast will happen. So it's not like we can go there every time and something crazy happens. Um, so but uh, let's see. It is in a very hilly area that overlooks the Susquehanna River in York County, Pennsylvania. so it's, it's right up against the river, but it's it's this r- like really kind of rolling hills and and uh, it's a combination of woods and fields.
3: Now, York County is also known as Hex Hollow, right? Or am I getting he- him?
4: Well, H- Hex Hollow is in York County, but because of all the, the witchcraft stuff here, a lot of times it, it gets called Hex County. Okay. Um, so, yeah.
3: All right. So what is Site 7 then? Is it a Bigfoot area or is it just like a nexus for strange?
4: Well, we I started out going out there thinking Bigfoot because uh, I, I, the guy who first told me about it, Said we were talking about Toad Road actually, which is a closed road. And he said he told me about this other road. And he said, you know, there's this other closed road. But I used to go out there when I was a teenager. He was a, you know, this guy's like in his fifties. He said I used to go out there when I was a teenager, and all this weird stuff would happen. He he said there was these, this family of albinos that lived in a shack on the road, which was just a bizarre detail. And it's then he albinos. said. <laughs> Yeah, like yeah. Every I, weird I mean, legend
3: has albinos or melon heads in it. Go ahead. I'm sorry.
4: <laughs> yeah. I, I, and that's the first time I, you know, I'd heard of that. You know, I, having been around here, I hadn't heard any albino legends. So we did ask around. Um, there's a, um, one of uh, my sometimes co-host James, one of his clients is an older woman um, during his, uh, at his day job, rather. And she said she had heard that she, she had heard about the, the family of albinos living in the area. But uh, other than than those two people, I you know a lot of people were like never heard of that when I'd ask him about it. But anyway, uh, he said I, we would go out there when we were teenagers and we you know park our car to you know party or whatever. And they said if he said if you park there, hobos would throw stones at you through the from the woods. And I said what hobos? What are you talking about hobos? He's like yeah, you park up there and then like you get hit with stones. As a Bigfoot guy, i you know that to me triggered something. I said wait wait a minute did anyone ever see these hobos he's like oh no no one ever saw them but they were in the woods and they would throw stones at you throw rocks at your car and stuff so i said well this this sounds weird this sounds like bigfoot stuff and i called james up this is before james was on the show but we would we would talk about bigfoot a lot and so forth i called him up and he said before i could even start to t- tell him about this he says oh man i'm glad you called i got i got this uh, bigfoot witness today and he tells me where they are and they're they're right you know within a mile or so of of uh this site 7 area and uh so now we had like a you know bigfoot sighting close by and and this other activity so we went out there thinking bigfoot and very quickly started experiencing other things um there's orbs and lights in the woods there's something that I don't know it might be ghost activity um, one of the fellows that, that sometimes goes up there with me his girlfriend saw some kind of weird quadrupedal creature like a almost like a giant ferret or something the way she drew it
2: a giant um, ferret
4: <laughs> yeah yeah that sounds dope yeah <laughs> It, I mean, she drew the, the the way she drew the creature was just real weird looking, and and you know, it was about the size of a deer. She said, but it didn't look anything like a deer. It was you know more more squat and and uh, ferret like, you know, the body and and the, had a long neck and stuff. Um, and she had seen what may or may not have been a gray alien, I think, in the area, and uh, I was up there hiking one day and saw something. <laughs> The odd thing is it was white and it made me think of the albinos. I saw something like in the brush about man sized and I heard the brush move and I looked over and it, the, it looked like um, somebody was wearing a head to toe uh, gray sweatshirt like the old like 1970s kind of sweatshirts that was uh, facing me turned to his left and, and darted into the brush but I didn't see, you know, if he was wearing a sweatsuit, his whole his face was the same color as the sweatsuit as well. Um, it was just really weird and, and it was really thick brush. I thought it was uh I thought it was somebody in there spying on us or something, but it just it was so bizarre. Was
3: it like a uh, fawn or something or like a like a satyr or I know that I, sounds weird, but there's legends in Pennsylvania of fawns and satyrs that I've heard of before.
4: Th- I mean, this was human size, I saw it from shoulders up. Uh that's huh. all I saw. He quickly turned. James heard it. And I said, look, look. And uh, by the time he turned, he didn't get to see it. So I just saw, you know, just real quick. And um, but the the fact that it was like this real light, light kind of light gray white, it just made me think of that albino story. James and I had been there one night and we both saw a flash of movement. We have to be very because there's lights there. I've said we both saw a flash before and people thought I, I, we saw a flash of light. But no. We saw a flash of movement, which was also, we agreed, you know, we kind of take notes and later we compare them and, uh, we both agreed that was white in color as well. So I don't know if these are ghosts or, or, or what they are, or, you know, uh, the other fellow, Jeff, who come who uh, explores the area with us, he's he's a super Bigfoot guy. I mean, like everything's Bigfoot to him. So he's to him, they're white Bigfoot. But, uh, <laughs> I, you know, I can't I can't say that I didn't get a good enough. Look, we, you know, these things are quick, whatever they are. So, OK,
3: you've also did, you said you uh, or you said on your show that you've had people that have seen eye shine as well. Have you seen anything like that?
4: Well, so uh Jeff, the fellow I was talking about, um that I call him Bigfoot Jeff and uh just to make it clear he's he's the I mean I'm a Bigfoot guy too, but he's a major Bigfoot guy. Gotcha, um,
3: yeah, I understand.
4: So yeah. So he he calls me and he says, uh I'm I'm seeing eyeshine in the woods up there. And I said, Eyeshine? He's like, Yeah, I see it I see it a lot. I almost every time I go out I see eyeshine. So definitely not I went deer. Up there <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean and he's telling me that the, the he's like yeah it's eye shine but it changes color and uh it, i think he said there's only i only see one eye i don't see a pair of eyes or something like there was something that, that he said that led me besides the changing colors because he has this whole theory that they're communicating by changing the color of their their eye shine uh-huh. which is just like wild but um uh, so I went up there looking for it and that's when we saw the lights and we did the, the light episode and that, you know, uh, Jeff, I think to this day still says they are, their, their eye shine, but I, I didn't see They didn't act like eyes shine to me. Um, I don't know what they were. They, they were lights that, uh, move and change color and change shape and change size.
3: Have you ever um, seen a willow the wisp before or swamp gas? Have you seen either one of those?
4: i had seen a will of the wisp on the farm when i grew up when i was real little and this did not it, it did not drift like that these are they stay within or they stayed within uh, uh a certain area it seemed like they moved but they didn't move like a great distance although they would go out and seemingly i don't know if it was the same lights would appear elsewhere or if or if uh they were different lights but sometimes you'd see one go out, and then another one would kind of blink on, you know, off to the left or something like that. So and I have these to were ask
3: about, the obvious question because the skeptics are going to go to lightning bugs. Um, you know, swap well, gas, was, as I've already said. Uh, it was
4: February, so shouldn't be lightning <laughs>
2: bugs. <laughs> no lightning bugs then.
4: <laughs> um. Yeah, I had a, a fellow tell me it was it was droplets of water that were reflecting light. Yeah, um, that, that was my next <laughs> one. Yeah so these were moving up and sideways so it doesn't seem like that's possible okay um they look i mean they look like a man made light at first and that's why i was like okay there's nothing to this this is just you know this is some kind of light out there that we just we haven't located yet my guess is about 200 yards between 100 and 200 yards from where we were standing we were looking at these things now uh, some
3: would you say they're about the size of a ba- a basketball, softball, uh, small size, like uh, you, you know? between
4: between softball and basketball? Okay, so some somewhere in there. I mean, it's really hard to gauge because they would get brighter. The uh, the fellow that was with me. Another James to confuse things. (laughs) Not that James is my usual James,
3: James, and then there's James,
4: (laughs) right? Daryl, Daryl, and my other brother, (laughs) Daryl. He had a laser pointer, he had one of those like 10 mile super powerful laser pointers, and he was hitting them with the laser pointer. When he would hit them, they would turn red and sort of aperture out. They wouldn't like blink out, they kind of slowly aperture out. As every time he hit him, it was without fail. Now he, you know, it was hard to it's hard to hit him exactly. So he'd have to like, you know, move around a good bit. But when he hit him exactly, they would go red and and go out. It was very very weird. That's That started- man
3: has brass balls because. I
2: don't,
3: yeah, I know you would, Lobo, but I don't know if I would do that. I'm looking at an unknown phenomena that may or may not be hostile, so I'm going to shine uh, a laser it, on
2: it. No, I would not yeah, go out in that, the woods without my three fifty seven, and if it comes crashing through, I'm not going to hesitate in unloading that thing.
4: <laughs> I don't think a .357 is going to do anything to a Bigfoot.
2: It'll make me feel better. <laughs> well, at least you're honest.
3: <laughs> so anyways, yeah, go ahead. I'm just trying to get an image of my, cause I've seen lights like this myself. We have a spot up in Northern Michigan where I've seen um, floating orbs of light, you know, and there's also the phenomena of the Brown mountain lights, you know, O-balls is basically what they're known as. Um, Mm -hmm. So if you know what I'm talking about, was it something like that? that these things bob and weave or?
4: No. I mean, they, they, they moved in when you could see them move, they moved fairly uh, linearly and in a limited a movement and see uh, Bigfoot Jeff says like when it would move up, he said that, well, that's the Bigfoot standing up. They were crouching down and that's what was standing up. And that's about the rate they moved. If you can imagine something, you know, kind of standing up slowly um, from a, you know, f- that's about the rate it moved. The distance seemed more to me than that. Um, even, even for a, a huge, you know, giant like Bigfoot, it seemed because we're looking at it so far away, the distance seemed like, you know, twice that maybe. Uh, but it was a limited distance. It didn't seem to move beyond that. it would move to the top, and then it would either go out, or if James hit it with the laser, it would it would you know kind of aperture out, and then it would sort of reappear down below where it was before.
3: do uh, so question. Have you guys? Do you guys have access to any kind of night vision or anything like that?
4: I have a friend with FLIR, and uh, I'm I'm begging him to let me use it. To, um, it's a it's a iPhone FLIR attachment so i'm going to have to uh i don't have an iphone so i have to find someone with an iphone and borrow his fleer but but that's in the works
3: hmm. so i'm i'm sure you you i've heard you talk with jeff ritzman and other people about the concept of whatever the phenomena is it will mimic what you want to see it to be so do you wonder if your friend since he's bigfoot you know mr bigfoot that he's specifically it's presenting itself as a bigfoot whereas you don't really have any kind of real dogs in the fight, though. You are a Bigfoot kind of person. You're, I'm, I'm noticing you're not saying that you don't think this is Bigfoot, which I, I give you props. I, I for. I don't think it is. Okay, I, I give you props for that. Um, <laughs> so, do you think that this could just simply be a phenomena presenting itself as what a person wants it to be, or people are going to, you know, people are just going to look at it and say, yeah, that's this or that's that. Like a UFO guy would go there and go, oh yeah, those are UFOs or something.
4: I'm sure a UFO guy would say UFOs just because it's, you know, weird lights. Um, Jeff Ritzman actually had experienced something very similar. I talked to him in Maryland. Um, Stan Gordon called me. He, he's another uh, Pennsylvania researcher. I don't know if you've ever talked oh, to yeah, him. Oh, yeah, we've
3: had him on the show before. Yeah. yeah he's a
4: good he's guy. Great guy, yeah. He called me about another, uh, something else I I'd, I'd had a question about. And during the course of the conversation, he said, well, w- what are you up to? What's new with you? And I started talking about these lights. And before I could even tell him, he described them to me. Uh, You know, he he, and he doesn't listen to my podcast. He didn't he didn't know anything about it. But to me, that was really wild. Like, he's like, oh, yeah. And he described the size, the changing colors, the the movement and everything. So, you know, other people have seen similar things. Um, I don't know how common they are, um, you know, but. it was very very strange I have no no explanation it um I didn't see it but James and jeff both saw it they said kind of go into what they called a ring of leds and then back into a single light and uh, they said it mm. it changed into a bar shape as well one time like it would go into like a a bar of light and then back into you know this the sort of round orb shape
3: what is their background paranormal wise what is their um what is their thing? What do they gravitate towards?
4: Uh, so, so the James that was with me, he is kind of all over the place. He's interested in in ghosts and Bigfoot and stuff, but uh, he's uh, he's probably a bigger skeptic than I am, which is always good. I like having people that are that are more skeptical than me.
1: Yeah.
4: <laughs> around and uh, totally. like I said, Jeff Bigfoot Jeff is a, is he's hundred percent Bigfoot guy. I mean, he you know so for him it's 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 always going to be Bigfoot. And, you know, he I can't say he's wrong, um, you know, maybe, <laughs> but uh, that's that's what he says it is. So I don't have any proof that it's not. But to me, it just doesn't feel like that. It, it, I, You know, for whatever reason, I just it just doesn't feel like I shine.
3: So what's the skeptic of the group say?
4: He was blown away. You can hear him on the podcast. He says, now I finally I I can I can say I've seen the weird lights in the woods. He, and we, we went on a hike, uh, last weekend, last Saturday, we, 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 uh, did a long hike together and we were talking about it then too. And I said, you, cause I went in there during the day to see if I could find any you know light posts or anything, any sign of anything there. And I couldn't find anything to explain it. And uh, so I was telling him that, and we were talking about it and he's, he's like, there has to be an explanation. There has to be an explanation. I said, I said, but how do you explain them moving and and changing colors? And especially when, you know, changing red and going out when you hit it with the laser. And then, you know, he, he stopped and thought about it again and just went, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. He said, but if they're, if they're there, if they appear, you know, again, and they're in the same place, then there has to be an explanation. There has to be an explanation, but I, you know, I don't know that there is according to Jeff Ritzman, his were very often in the same place. The ones he saw,
3: I've always wanted to bring like my buddy, Eric, he's, he's a devout skeptic. And I've always wanted to like, I've got this theory where it's like, all right, well, somebody's having a really bad hong experience or something is happening, whatever. I've always got this thing in the back of my mind where it's like part of me disbelieves that certain people are just not wired to be able to see or experience or be a part of this thing. I was having a conversation with another skeptic once and they were actually there like, I want to see this stuff because we were talking about some of the experiences that I've had. And they're like, "Well, I want to see this. I want to. I want to see that. Why? You know, why can't I?" I'm like, "I'm sorry. You're, you're just not invited to the party." You know, and they kind of got pissed about <laughs> I don't that. They bombed. Well, I don't know if I do either. It's just a working theory.
4: But I've, I've actually experienced that. Honestly, I, I mean, like, with two people in my life. Um, once uh, I had seen a a mountain lion in Northern Maryland. Um, one day, I was driving by myself. It was in this certain field. And, uh, you know, mountain lines aren't supposed to be in Maryland. And I, I slowed down and looked at it and like, wow, look at that. That's pretty incredible. The next day, the same time of day, same field, I was driving with my brother and there it was again. And, uh, my brother was driving and I pointed to it and I said, look, look, there it is. I told you there's that mountain line. And, it was like he was in a daze. He it's like, he didn't want to know. He could, he couldn't see, he just, Oh yeah. And kept driving. Now this is, he's a hunter. He's, you know, he's out in the woods. He should have been very interested in this. And it just, it just didn't register for him. It was really weird. It was almost like he was in a trance. He just blew it off. and like, Oh, oh yeah, there was another night. And it's a, a guy with a very kind of similar personality. Um, uh, but, but it wasn't my brother. I was driving home with a guy we had we were working real late, and it was about probably three in the morning. and uh, we came upon this field that was kind of off in the kind of to the north of us that was just completely lit up. I mean, it was lit up like a stadium. It was incredible. and uh, I told I'm I'm pointing to I'm like look at that look over there what's doing that what is that and it was the same reaction my brother had that day he was like oh yeah look at that and just kept like it didn't matter to him huh. and, and it, it was so weird and so it was so bright I mean it was lit up like a like a stadium but there weren't you know there weren't stadium lights over there there's nothing over there but a farm field and uh, he he just it's like it didn't register for him so I think that's absolutely the case I think this stuff just won't register for some people.
3: Yeah, I've always wanted to like, like somebody's having a really bad experience. I'd be like, "All right, here, bring my buddy over here. All right, and, and see if it stops or see, just what happens." You know, I just I'd, I've always wanted to do that, just to be like, "All right, you know, big problem, unexplained. Insert skeptics, See if phenomena goes away, or see what happens." Because you always when the skeptics walk in, it's like, well, yeah, that's just light reflecting off of Uranus being released by swamp gas or, you know, whatever. I don't know. I'm right. not, you know, <laughs> probably a bad choice of words to use together, but, um, you know, I've always just been curious about something like that.
4: The other side of that though, is my son is, is, uh, a, a, a big skeptic and he, you know, he kind of makes fun of me for being into all this stuff. He's, he's, uh, 14 going on 48 and, uh, but he's my hiking buddy. He, he hikes with, he's a great hiker. He, he goes, he loves to hike. So he's, he's out with me all the time. And we've had several things happen to us in the woods that neither one of us could explain. Uh, the, the most dramatic one is the horrifying screams. One day we were hiking and we're in the woods and these screams start going off. I mean, they were frightening at, at to a point where he was like, uh, I want to go. <laughs> and, uh, and I said, no, 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 let's, let's like see how this pans out. Let's, let's figure what this is. Yeah, dad, and, you're crazy by. <laughs> and they were coming from two different directions. And, uh, they, I mean, they were just horrifying. And, and he, you know, at first he's afraid. And then after a bit, he was like, all right, let's, you know, he kind of settled in. Let's figure out. And well, we, we went to where we thought they were and they weren't there. And then we saw these other hikers and they said, Oh, I think there co- that was coming down from by the bridge. So we, we ran down by the bridge and and there was nothing there either. So uh really and couldn't then You ended it. up
3: in the fae folklore world. <laughs>
4: yeah. <laughs> Cuz they always
3: say don't follow the wisps, don't 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 chase after the noises.
4: Right, right. Well, yeah. Well, see my skeptic son, you know, here he is. He's faced with this. He got like he got very angry at me. He's like, oh, "Are you happy now, dad?" You know, while the screams are going off, he's like, you know, you called your Bigfoot in. Are you happy or whatever he said? And then but afterwards, I mean, he admits the screams happened, but he he says, well, we have no proof that that was paranormal. I said, well, yeah, we don't. But it was it was weird. We can say it was very weird and and very kind of frightening. Uh, But uh, he's, you know, so he has experienced stuff, but he he still remains the uh, the hard skeptic.
3: Have you taken him out to the site?
4: I wanted to. We were out hiking in the area. It was getting towards dark, and and uh, it it was uh, it was just too much. He, he like we'd been out all day. It was a kind of rough hike we were doing, and we were kind of filthy. And uh, I think he wanted to call it a night. So I I mean to take him out there because I want to see what'll happen because he he stuff does tend to go off around him.
3: So back to the site again, where you were, where you saw the lights moving around and floating. From have you been back there in the daytime? Actually, where you saw the lights, to investigate that area where you saw them.
4: I, as best as I could tell, um, see you can't go back from from the area we were watching. You can't really go back from there, um, so you have to hike in from another area. So it's it's as best as I could tell, hiking in from the other area. I went there. I went there either the following day or two days later. I forget, but it, you know, very soon after, and uh, we had seen them. And I, like I said, I couldn't. I couldn't see anything in there that would explain them. I was looking for you know trail cams that might be blinking or something, or any kind of you know light on a light pole or or anything, anything in there, and uh, never never saw anything. It doesn't mean you know I might not have been in the right place. It's hard to be you know to tell exactly. Uh, when you're hiking in from, from the other direction. but uh,
3: And you don't have access to a drone or anything like that?
4: No, but... Uh, Man, uh, funny you need to you hook sh-
3: up with some people. <laughs>
4: <laughs> funny you should say that. Uh, one night we were there, and this was uh, James, my co-host, and I. We were there, and we were just kind of hanging out at night, seeing what was was going down, seeing if we could get any recordings. We we would leave uh, recorders there overnight and stuff. And I kept telling him. You know, we'd been there several times, so it's not like every time I get creeped out there at night. This this night, though, I kept saying, "Man, I'm something's weird. I'm I'm getting freaked out." And he's like, "He's like, yeah, I don't feel that." I'm like, "Yeah, I don't know, dude." And I was like, I, "There's something something weird about tonight." And I and I specifically said to him, "I said I'm not like this dude. I'm not. It's, I feel like there's people, there's people around that." And uh, we started seeing lights in the woods, and it was flashlights. And so there's flashlights, you know, coming. So there's people coming up through through the woods there so i thought poachers so i was like oh man this is not going to be good like let's uh let's kind of make ourselves scarce here and uh he's like no i want i don't i don't want them to get our recorder so <laughs> he's hanging out and I, I, i'm i'm you know terrified of the you know, poachers are going to come out and and it's going to be a big cut what well, ends up being these teenagers uh, three of them. So they come up out of the woods, and we're like, "What are you guys doing?" It's you know, it's like midnight, and they're like, "Oh, just walking around." So uh, nothing, James- dude.
3: Uh, we're not partying. No. <laughs> yeah, right.
4: <laughs> so, so James says, "Uh, you guys see anything weird back there?" And the first thing they said was like Bigfoot, which I thought was that was a little weird. And then like the the other kids sort of just jumped in and said, "No, nothing weird except that drone you were flying over our heads," and I. Uh. I said, I don't, I don't have a drone. And he's like, yeah, you were flying over our heads. And I was like, no, dude, I don't, I do not have a drone. We don't have a drone and, and you're in the woods. I don't think I could fly a drone that well at night, you know, through the trees anyway. But uh, he was insistent that he's like, well, somebody's flying a drone over our head. I'm like, wow. So that was, that was very strange. And this was at night, right? Yeah. It was like around midnight. Huh.
3: Because I know sometimes police will do that in the daytime. They'll they'll fly over large areas of wood specifically to look for marijuana crops and things like that. Um, that's not that unheard of. Night but flight's to, tough. Yeah, night flight's really tough. Um, the only time they would be doing that that I know of is if they're looking for, like, indoor growers and they have Convicts. heat lamps. Convicts, yeah. Convicts, are, they have some kind of heat detectors or something like that. But I, I don't know... That doesn't, I don't know, that doesn't really, that doesn't sound right, you know? I mean, that's that because I've heard many times of how uh, indoor pot growers, that's how they get busted, though. It sounds like crazy conspiracy stuff, but they'll line no, the inside. No, it's not. Of,
2: they check the heat signature on the house. Yeah,
3: exactly. And they'll, sometimes they'll line they the insides. You did it over of, here. <laughs> yeah. They'll line the insides of the house with tinfoil or whatever, and they'll have growing lamps inside of the house, and they can tell when houses are growing weed illegally because they put off a higher heat signature and they have a higher energy use, so because right. we've had people on our page be like, "Hey, there's drones flying over my property or flying next to the property next to us," and they're like, "Yeah, they're probably searching for marijuana fields or something along those lines." Turn but, off uh, the grow lamps. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> but I don't, you know, it, it's possible, but I, I don't see that happening at, at night time. So plus, flying a drone at night, unless you've got some kind of night vision or something on it, it's like it's tough really yeah, hard to do exactly you know and
4: i would think i mean again they're in the woods I, how do you fly a drone through the woods you know what I mean? yeah <laughs> like, that's simple answer you don't well
2: <laughs> it, it depends Up high enough yeah during the day at yeah, night exactly. not a chance
3: but what kind of woods are they? Were you talking like regular trees pine trees or something like that is the woods very thick
4: uh deciduous woods it was i mean they, they were on a wide path so i guess i guess during the day you would have room to, to, uh, put the drone down the path. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, there, you know, it's tall deciduous trees. So if they were in the trees, you know, there's, I, that's One the other thing move.
2: that's 500 bucks
4: gone. Yeah. yeah that, that, exactly. That's, the lights we saw, um, someone suggested drone too. And, and I, but they were in, they were literally in the trees. I mean, and you, you could mm-hmm. see, you could see them move behind branches sometimes, and and you know they were they were within the trees. So it's um, I just don't think they could have been drones. But I just I just thought it was very strange when those kids said we we were flying a drone. And truthfully, from where we were, I can't see where anybody could have been. I, I mean, I don't really know a lot about drones. So maybe some you can pilot from a really long distance away. But, yeah, some uh, can. You can, but yeah. it's not easy.
3: There's also the ones that like they do indoor speed racing courses now, where they've got like set up an indoor, like inside of old shopping malls and warehouses where they race them at really high speeds through obstacle courses and stuff. It, it is possible, but not probable, not likely mm-hmm. for somebody to do that. The people are also do that talking guy,
2: about an open area that has visible obstacles.
3: Yeah. At nighttime, again, if you don't got night vision, uh, on your on your drone, and even then, if you've got night vision, you still have Dude, to have trees some kind don't of...
2: give off heat, man.
3: Yeah, but I'm not <laughs> talking heat vision. I'm talking you know green green night vision. You know, like you get on on night vision camera uh, cameras and yeah. glasses and stuff like that. Um, man, I wish I wish I like last summer I was out garage selling. And there was a guy selling a pair of uh, night vision binoculars, like strapped onto your head, and he was selling them for fifty dollars.
2: And um Should have bought them, man.
3: I, you know what? I, I, I was Should like, this is cool, those. but what am I going to need them for? If I'd have known this was, I, I would have gladly have bought them and donated them to you. If, if I oh. hindsight, because I'm sure you could have used the hell out of them. If I see anything like that again, I promise you, I will get them, and I'll just be like, here, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> I'm sure you would appreciate something like that.
2: <laughs> yeah, you yeah. Get, uh, I, you can get a pair of night vision goggles right now for twenty five twenty. Oh, really? Yeah, wish It's they're originally yeah, two hundred bucks.
3: What's the range on them? Well, I'm sure they're cheaper now because I remember I remember people seeing it at the the paintball field when I used to play night, you know, fifty night by games. 50,
2: three thousand meters.
3: Well, I guess anything's better than nothing,
2: you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm, well, gonna, I'm 3, gonna look at that. Three thousand meters, act. nothing to sniff at, man. That's that's a decent distance. Yeah, yeah
3: for what you're doing, that might even if it's, it's heck, that's something's better than nothing, you know. I oh yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. We're gonna we're gonna have you all set up with like bargain basement, you know, (laughs) black ops equipment.
4: (laughs) Our our sort of thing when we got into this was um, like when we we don't have any ghost hunting tools, we don't. We just kind of go out and experience stuff and kind of figure out you know what what things what's going on to the best of our ability. It's not like a we haven't been too scientific about it. It's been more like. Let's just let's get the experience. Let's be out there and see what happens. I think most um, ghost hunting
3: but, tools are garbage, anyways. But for what you're doing, I could completely understand if you were to have like parabolic mics, some kind of drone, and night vision I do goggles.
4: Ha- I, I do have a parabolic mic, but it's such a pain to to haul out the, this radar dish, um, especially if we're moving around. Yeah, it's just it's just one more thing to carry, one more thing to to, to haul around. So I, I don't often bring it out. I I should, but it's just it's such a pain.
3: So how many times you've been out to this site? Have you been out there just in the wintertime? Have you experienced it in the oh, summer yet? No,
4: no the, the, those kids, for instance, that was like right in the middle of summer. So that, you know, there were, again, there were leaves all over the trees and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we started going out there, I guess, last summer. And then we've been, you know, oh, at least twice a month, I'd say, since then.
3: Wow. And, um, it's not.
4: It's not far from from uh, where we live, so it's it's not difficult for us to just you know if we're, we're not doing anything on a night you know I'll call up James and say you, you know you want to pop out there.
3: And again, this isn't. You're not getting hits every time you go there. You're no. Just, okay.
4: There's been a lot of nights where we just we just end up hanging out and talking. You know.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Hmm. You um, don't hear that on the podcast. <laughs>
3: oh no it's like it's it's like ghost hunting you you watch the ghost hunting Well, they've changed now but back in the day you'd watch ghost hunting shows and every episode they'd encounter something new and strange and paranormal and truth be told ghost hunting is actually very very boring you you will go Mm -hmm. to a place and out of out of a hundred times you go out you might get something like five percent of the time you know right it's it's actually you know i gave up doing ghost hunting a long time ago out of sheer boredom so and again my opinion, most ghost hunting stuff, the tools and stuff of the trade, a lot of it, it's garbage. You know, it's just, you're not going to prove anything to anybody, but the best ghost hunting resource you have is yourself in a notebook, you know, and some history checking and background checking and things like that,
4: you know, when it comes to this stuff, and, and I've explained this to, this is the way I explain it. I, you know, I've had hunters tell me, you know, oh, I've been in, in, you know, uh, let's take Toad Road, for instance, I, I've been back there. And I never saw anything. And I mean, that's absolutely fine. And I totally believe him. But if you take the example of a natural animal, let's say, you know, I, I was on a trail and I saw a, a fox and I could come back and tell you, oh, I saw a fox on that trail. You could go out there tomorrow and 10 other times and not see a fox. Exactly. You know, yeah. it, it just it's not you're not guaranteed to see what I saw, whether it's normal or paranormal or, or otherwise. It's one
3: of the reasons I got to laugh at these UFO hunters. Well, they're not anymore. When they used to have the UFO hunter shows, it would be like, let's go to the site, you know? And it's like, well, the UFO is gone. You know, it's not yeah. like, you know, it's not like ghost hunting. I could see going and trying to catch a ghost at a certain site because there are many theories that were in some cases, the, the phenomena repeats itself. The chances of a UFO continuously coming back. There are instances of it, you know, like what happened down in Florida years ago and You know, there's various spots where UFOs are repeatedly seen, but not on a predictable basis to the point where it's worth going back over and over again. Like the area that you're talking about, there is repeated signs of phenomena there where it's kind of worth going back and seeing what you can get. You know, you're not going to get something every time, but you are getting things on occasion of one kind or another. But this idea of, well, let's go here and and we're going to hunt for UFOs. It's like, uh, well, okay. <laughs> you know, I, I don't, okay, I guess so. <laughs> yeah.
4: It's, I mean, the, the only thing about that is if they're, well, other than there being perhaps the, these hot spots or these areas that, that are sort of uh, portals that is like, people yeah, like I, to use that word. Yeah. Um, Nexuses, other than Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Other, other than that stuff, uh, maybe if, if there's an element of, of co-creation to all this stuff uh, maybe the uh, just the act of doing it and the, the desire to see them might bring something but it's it's you know again this isn't science this is know yeah.
3: exactly well since you've mentioned it let's um let's jump over to toad Road Um from everything that I have seen and read, Toad Road doesn't exist, according to the Wikipedia. Now, I'm not calling you a liar by any means. Let me put that <laughs> away. <laughs> You're a liar. No, but, but everything that I've seen says Toad Road doesn't exist. But okay. I've heard you talk about it very well documented that it does exist. You've actually said, yes, it runs along here. It's It's been called this. It's been called that. Is Toad Road for real? And tell us all about or as much as you can as Toad Road, because it's a long story
4: yeah it, it it was a road um it it was the main road that led from york to cador's furnace cador's furnace is an iron forge it was a pre-revolutionary war it was in during the revolutionary war they made cannons and cannonballs and stuff so uh toad road originally was the road that that led to that now it's became known as different things over time um Trout Run Road is what it is now, and then it, it ends, there's a, there's a closed area. Generally, the, the closed area of Trout Run Road is what most people call Toad Road. And the uh, township and Wikipedia like to say it, it never existed. The township's very fond of that because they don't want people going back there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's understandable. what it was, it was the, the Cadores Creek, it runs along the Cadores Creek, and that came out of York and went up right by... Caador's furnace and to the Susquehanna River. That was navigable water at that time. Uh, they had locks and dams and so forth on it, and they would use uh, the Cadoress to haul supplies from York up to the furnace and sometimes back the other way. And what toad Road was, and th- this I've only learned just recently, it was the tow path for the barges on the canal when, when they used the Caador as a canal. So it really wasn't named after the animal toad road. It was the toe road. And then over time it got it. I I believe I, you know, I don't have any certain proof, but I believe it became known as toad road just because it's, you know, the way things uh, whispering down the lane and so forth.
3: So they would have the barges going down the river, but they would have like the horses on the side of it that were pulling the barges down. That was the motion They used to pull them. That's how they used to do it on the Mississippi way back.
4: Yep. Yep. So, yeah, there were areas where it wasn't deep enough to float them or whatever, so they'd have to they'd have to pull them along. So they had the uh, they had the the tow road, next next to the doors. So in what uh, was Hurricane Agnes, nineteen seventy two, I believe, um, uh, an area of that road got washed out, and they just never opened it again. They put a gate on one end, and the other end it just kind of. Uh, it uh they just got overgrown and stuff a a lot of people don't even deal with the north end they don't most most like if you look on youtube and stuff and people like oh i'm gonna go to go to toad road and the supposed seven gates of hell that are there they'll film the south end where there there is a gate like an old farm gate there it's just a galvanized you know kind of gate you would see anywhere but um that's the the area that they closed because of the hurricane they just never never reopened it and now it's it's you know, it's hard to believe there was a road back there. There's some areas where it still looks like a road, but most of it's barely a path.
3: Nature reclaims stuff quickly.
4: Oh yeah, oh yeah.
3: So, what is all the? Tell me some of the weird stuff that surrounds Toad Road. I mean, you did a whole book about it for the most part, and yeah, I, I was listening to your podcast. I'm like, well, well, hey, we can talk about Toad Road tonight. And then the more I'm listening to it, I'm like, there is a shit ton of stuff that surrounds this area and it's more than just it's not just bigfoot sightings there's everything involved in this area as is most of the case with pennsylvania but you know like the foundry you've got reportings of bigfoots there ghost lights you know all kinds all kinds of stuff what's
4: yeah several ghost stories with the, with the iron um well you start with what it isn't um they, they have this legend of the seven gates of hell supposedly that are there and that legend uh, actually appeared in other places in York before Toad Road. There it's was a, a game,
3: it, not there a movie or something like that?
4: Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's the Toad Road movie is awful. <laughs> 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 there's, there's my review. <laughs> All right, then don't see it <laughs> moving on. <laughs> <laughs> it Well, it's more about like, uh, hipsters with drug addiction than it is about the legend. Um, but, uh, I'm sure it appeals to someone. Uh, the, and we shall have, never have, speak have, of it again. <laughs> it irks me because the, the, the filmmakers, when they made the, the movie, they didn't use any local people because they said no one was cool enough around here to be in their film. Aww. Yeah. so Wow. That's rough. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, so so there's these, supposedly there was an, an insane asylum back there. There never was. Never was an, uh, an insane asylum anywhere in New York County. Uh, someone made up the story at some point, it's probably, it got confused with, there was a, a nursing home nearby that burnt down. Um, so I think it got confused with that a little bit and, uh, allowed the, the sort of rumor to to stick, the urban legend to stick. That's another uh, big
3: one that always pops up in urban legends. There's always some kind of an insane asylum. There's always albinos. There's always melon heads. Mm-hmm. Um there's always um some kind of a hospital ward where people died of some, you know, mass chronic disease or something like that. There's common threads to a lot of these urban legends and then when you dig a little bit deeper, there's some kind of a core to it, but it's usually not what is presented.
4: Right, yeah. Yeah, and and the first time I heard this insane asylum thing was, you know, on the internet in the late 90s or early 2000s. Um Some like, you know, ghost hunting email list or something. And I immediately, my father-in-law has tons of maps. I immediately got out these old maps and looked. There was never anything back there like that. And I just said, no. And they changed their story right away. They said, oh, no, that was a mad doctor. It was a mad doctor who kept insane patients in his home and his house burnt down. It's It's all nonsense. None of that's true. But the, so the story goes, they erected seven gates to keep people out, and as you go through each gate, things get more horrible until you get to the seventh, and then that's the the portal to hell or something like that. No one's ever come back from the seventh gate.
3: Again, this sounds like a D and D module I played years ago.
4: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> sounds like my grandmother's house. It's, <laughs> it's it's just complete nonsense. But the thing, um, there are people who do experience a lot of strange stuff there, and what people were reporting didn't sound to me at all like ghosts of insane asylum victims. Uh, it sounded like cryptid activity. They're being screamed out from the woods. They're being paced in the woods. Um, and they're seeing, you know, eye shine and, and, uh, having things follow them and so forth. So I started looking at it as, as a cryptid thing. And I did indeed find, uh, stories of people being attacked, um, I had, I found a witness who was attacked in 1974, I believe up there. And, uh, he, he, uh, he's, I mean, I'm, I'm not a psychiatrist. I can't diagnose him with post-traumatic stress, but he, he certainly has all the features of post-traumatic stress. He has nightmares to this day. It took me about six months to get him to tell me the story, um, the more than just the the basic details. Uh, he was in his car. His car wouldn't start. He, he went up there just to, you know, hang out. Um, cause it was a, there was, you know, urban legends and so forth. His car wouldn't start. Uh, we had, we see this feature a lot. Something kept coming up and, and brushing against his car. Uh, he sat there for hours and, and this was happening. He, he finally decided I, I gotta go. I gotta, you know, I have to get out of here. I can't stay here forever. So he got out and he started running and he, he ran right into what he described as a monster. He, he wasn't a Bigfoot guy at all. He had never even considered it being Bigfoot until I said, do you think it could have been Bigfoot? And he got very, very quiet and goes, oh my gosh, maybe that's what it was. But uh, he said it was man-shaped and huge, bigger than any man he'd ever saw and covered with hair. And when he ran into it, it beat him down and he spent a week in the hospital.
3: So he was physically assaulted by it.
4: Oh, yeah. Yeah. He he was it. He uh, had memory loss and uh, and all kinds of other stuff in the paper. It was interesting in the paper. It was reported as he had scratches on his face. But uh, when you talk to him, he's like, I, I, it was way more than scratches in my face. He had, you know, he had a, a serious head injury. He had uh, memory issues. And uh,
3: now again, in- not that I don't believe you at all, but does he have medical records anything like this to back this up from when he was in the hospital or anything?
4: Um you, you know, I know they ask him for his medical records. Okay, I did that's understandable. The, yeah, it's kinda like I did it, ask for the police reports. Okay. Um and they I filed a, a FOIA request for the police reports and it's gone unanswered to this day. Okay. Which is not which unusual. A, a lot of people will point to that like, oh, uh, the Chicago Mothman case—that was one of the the things that people were using uh, to say that wasn't true because they couldn't get the police reports. The, the, unless you're a lawyer or or someone with serious, like a like a press agency, you know, uh, or New Nick York Red Times them. or something. <laughs> it's really hard to get FOIA reports. If, if what do you do? They just don't fill them. Like, what am yeah. I going to do? I, I'm I'm going to make the the Helen police? uh yeah, exactly. you know, Fill my FOIA request. I can't do anything about it. I can only ask.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: So. I, I've asked for the police report and I've not gotten it.
3: Now, you were also talking about the show. I don't know if it was there or not, but I, you and your co-host were talking about how there was an old newspaper article about how traffic got stopped because creatures were crossing the road of some kind or another.
4: Yeah, that was that was in uh, sort of between uh, Toad Road and Site 7. As the, as the crow flies, they're, they're not very far apart. And uh, this was someone that James knew, uh, who didn't know that, that James was interested in, in this kind of stuff. And uh, when she find, found out, she told him that uh, they were stopped on uh, Route 30, which is the major route uh, through Hallamaria. And these they saw multiple creatures. I believe it was three across the road. The interesting thing is they said they were white. Hmm. <laughs> so... You know, who knows?
3: Have you found but, any old newspaper clippings relating to white creatures or anything similar to what you saw or what these other reports are?
4: i have I've not found anything on that. Um, but it's really hard. Unless you have a specific date, it's really hard to uh, to track things down. Like, for instance, there's a there's a story that I keep getting told by. Older people, p- people who went out to the Toad Road area before the internet. So so people my age and, and older who would go out there, you know, legend tripping in the in the 70s and 80s and, and even 60s. And they keep telling me the story about a guy who hanged himself. Now, there was a gate out there. It was a gate to a house that was near what where the, the farm gate is now. This all gets very confusing, I know. But it was a big iron gate. And there's a legend that somebody hanged himself from that gate. Well, That's so hard to prove or disprove because without a name or a date, it's almost impossible to figure out like when it could have been. It's just this sort of thing that's in you know this legend that's kind of hanging out there, and until until someone gives me a date or even an approximate date, I uh, I can't you know I can't really do much with it. I know it has to be after 1949 because that gate wasn't there before then, but. I'm gonna guess other, the people other, at your
3: city hall know you real well at this point. <laughs>
4: uh, at the historical society, they they uh, they know me. They they are very interested too. And whenever I'm there, they're they're checking out what I'm what I'm uh, what the materials I'm checking out. And they'll they'll walk by my table and have a good look at what I'm looking at.
3: They don't give you any grief or anything like that. They're supportive of you.
4: Oh, what are they gonna do?
3: <laughs> I mean, they don't look at you because. You know, we, we've joked around before that, you know, my vision of you is this wizened, saged beard guy. And you're like, yeah, that's exactly what I am. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, <laughs>
4: it's you know, I'm, I'm, I'm Gandalf studying over the, the, the tomes and, uh, in, uh, you know, no, I, I don't know what they think. Honestly, I'm, I'm not, you have to pay to be there. So I'm on a mission when I'm there. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm there to get the information done, the information I need and, and get out. So, uh, I'm not, I'm not, I, but I do, they do check out whatever, if I'm not at my table, if I'm at the computer looking something up, they will walk by my table and go through the materials I have.
3: <laughs> I, I would, I would be pretty cool with it, man. I'd be like, all right, what's, what's up? I'm, I'm here to help you. You
2: know.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you, let's, let's see what we can do here. I, I'd be all about that. Cause that's that's one of my things, more and more and more. I think a lot of it is because of you, to be honest with you. I found myself, ever since I read your book, I find myself going through any old newspaper articles I can find online. And I've actually, I think I've sent you a couple of articles that I found. I've posted them to you before um, yeah, yeah. Of, of wild men and things like that reported across the country. So you've, you've kind of ignited that interest in me. I've always had an interest in that, but you've kind of tuned it down to where – okay, there is stuff out there. You know, there is really old, fascinating stuff. But usually it's, they're real quick snippets. They're in passing or they're very vague and the, the articles aren't really long on them. And usually they're passed off as yellow journalism or sensationalism or these were just things that newspapers were reporting on at the time to get ratings or to get people to buy them, or they were trying to one up each other with strange and unprobable stories. Um, right. Yeah. Like there's the big one of, of the moon, you know, where they, they were saying, okay, we've got some new technology and we're now seeing bat people on the moon and blah, blah, blah. And it was all a big hoax. <laughs> um, so you, you've kind of ignited that, that interest in me to go out and search this stuff out. But, um, do you have any other really off the wall stories from Site Seven? I mean, uh, not Site Seven, but uh, Toad Road. I keep saying I Site got re- Seven because they're
4: so close. So I got a really cool one. Um, this this is actually a personal story. I found a a, a way in from the north. Um, it's a really old. It's the oldest part of the road. It, it's definitely dates back to the Revolutionary time. And I started going in that way, um, which uh, this is all private property. Like people should not go you'll see more no trespassing signs there than anywhere in the else in the county um so it's but um i i have sort of a tacit permission to be there um the the hunting club that owns it would basically saw me out there one day and like oh you're the bigfoot guy i'm like yep and they're like okay <laughs> like don't just don't be out here when we're hunting i'm like okay i'm good with that so anyway so i found this new way in and uh I was on it uh, with my friend one week, and and I was really excited about it. Cause I was like, "Oh, this is so cool." And uh, walking the path, and in the middle of the path, I found a perfectly clean raccoon skull. and i I collect the any skulls I find in the woods I collect. Mm. And I was like, "Oh, this is cool. Very neat. So you know I put it in my pack and I left. And uh, three weeks later, we were supposed to go back uh, and and do it again. And he stood me up for whatever reason. I, I don't even remember why. But uh, it's, well, I was like, well, I want to go anyway. I'm going to go out by myself. So I went out by myself, went in the same way. And I saw something uh, very big, bigger than anything that should be in the woods in Pennsylvania. And very, extremely fast and dead quiet. And it, so I'm moving south on the, on the trail on, the, on, the, on Toad Road. And this also moved south. It was, you know, 50 yards ahead of me and just shot like a bullet south. Um, I don't know what it was. It was quadrupedal, but the front end was was higher than the back end. Um, the the first thought I had when I saw it was moose, <laughs> believe it or not, because I, I'd seen moose in the wild before. So I thought, like, that's the thought that immediately came to my head, moose. And then, you know, then you go through the series of, well, wait a minute. We don't have moose in, in Pennsylvania much less in southern Pennsylvania. Like, that's not – it can't be that. Plus, it was super fast, and uh, so I'm, I'm sort of trying to go through the checklist of, of what it was and, and what it could have been and what it wasn't. But I, I followed it, and it, not out of bravery. Um, in fact, later that day <laughs> –
3: Let me ask you one question real quick. And I'll that's let you awesome.
4: finish.
3: Having, sure. Isn't that a weird feeling when you see something that's unexplained? unexplained how fast your brain tries to process what you're seeing? Like Oh yeah. It's like yeah, when I mean, when I've seen things it's like is it this is it this? and then when you stop and think about it it's like you you the amount of knowledge you just computed so fast is like a supercomputer trying to identify what just happened to you. You know. Yeah, I mean
4: Anyways, I'm going through just, a, a checklist <laughs> trying to prove everything but Bigfoot basically. I'm yes, I'm going down exactly. the the list like okay was it a was it a buck no way too big was it um now i did find some stories of of ghost elk in the in the area um not in york county but nearby um we don't have elk here anymore it it, maybe you know a a bull elk but it really i don't think so (laughs) you know i just but anyway i i followed it for about maybe a half mile to a mile uh again not out of bravery in fact later on i sat down and was really shaking later in the day cuz i thought w- what did, what did you do like if if something was trying to lead you 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 took the bait and you followed it um so i got to ask have you yeah. seen
3: the netflix movie the um, the the ritual yet
4: <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> yeah and it wasn't that correct <laughs> no it wasn't that <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, hey, maybe. Um, I am definitely not going to Pennsylvania then.
3: Fuck that.
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> but so, so uh, what stopped me was at eye level in the middle of the path, and it wasn't there three weeks earlier, was a perfectly clean deer skull impaled on a branch. Hmm. And this was at eye level. And, and And people have said to me, like, oh, didn't you take that as a warning? Not for a second. I, I took it as a gift. Yeah, you're like, thank I, you. <laughs> exactly. I, I took it as, as, you know, whatever, saw me pick up that raccoon skull and went, oh, you like that, do you? Well, he, here, got something else for you. and uh, it, Meanwhile, the... it's off
3: in the woods going, what an asshole. I'm trying to get you <laughs> out of here. <laughs> <You know? laughs>
4: The, the area is uh, it's all overgrown. This was in the spring. Um, it's There was nettles everywhere. There's, there's thorns everywhere. I came out. I had ticks all over me. I saw a copperhead while I was there. It's not a friendly area. It's not a fun area to hike. So, you know, yeah, maybe a person put it on there, but they had to go down in some really cruddy conditions and in the time, you know, between the time I was there and the time I came back. And impale this perfectly they either had to bring a skull with them with the intention of doing that or find a skull while they're out there. It's just it was so bizarre. Like the, the, the number of things that had to happen for that to be there was, was just uh, you know just odd to me. Um, you should but, have left uh, an offering. I should have. I should oh. have.
2: No. Uh-uh. <laughs> what? Dude he's trying to <laughs> he set liked, up communication like the raccoon skull. Let me leave this deer skull so when he comes back again I can take his skull.
3: That's why you leave an <laughs> offering. You set up an exchange.
2: You know? Yeah, that's I don't know. It. Put some Bitcoin beef jerky down. The woods. No, maybe berries or something. I don't know. Granola. I don't know. Yeah, that's. How do you. What's the trade value in that? You get a skull a couple of strawberries. I don't know. How many skulls is a Big Mac yeah. worth?
3: I don't know. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> what do you want me to. I th- <laughs> yeah, don't actually, know.
4: Recently, my, my take the skulls you find it, uh, policy has, has really bit me in the ass because uh, I came upon a horse skull in a different area. This wasn't on Toad Road. This is just, just another area I was hiking. I had to wire it to my pack to get oh, it out Oh, of my there. God,
2: Tim. <laughs> <laughs> They're big.
4: You yeah, don't realize oh, how
2: big they are until you have to carry one.
4: Yeah, it's huge. And uh, my wife, to her credit, I'm, th- I'm bringing this home. I'm thinking, oh, you know. Any other wife in the world would be like, what, what are you doing? And why are you bringing that thing in the house? I, I was like, I-, I got something today. And she's like, what? And I bring it in and show her. She's like, that is so cool. I was like, nice. man, I married the right woman. I'd Absolutely. love to see your
3: office. I really would.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I'll just show you pictures of, the, of the, the studio. It's in the, it's a sort of combination recording art studio. And there, there's just skulls everywhere. That's awesome.
3: Yeah. But that I, seems to fit with you. That, that, that doesn't seem... From from what I've heard and seen of you, it, that that doesn't seem that unusual at all. Like if I were to walk in your house, I don't think I would be terrified. I would be like, yeah, this is this is this is what Timothy Renner does. This this is fine, you know.
4: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I like drawing. them. it's not to me. I'm not doing you know satanic rituals with these things or anything. It's 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 uh, I I do just find skulls very uh, aesthetically appealing.
3: So let me ask you about Same. one last thing before we let you go. Um, I want to talk to you about the Flannel Man, which seems to be your your show's experience or equivalent to Black Eyed Kids. And I'd never heard of the whole Flannel Man phenomena before. I've heard of of Hat Men, uh, Shadow People, Black Eyed Kids, all of these strange phenomena that people kind of see fleeting out of the corner of their eyes or have quick experiences with, and then they're gone. But you've come across this Flannel Man thing, which. I I immediately go to, like, a grunge band from Seattle back in the 90s. But, right. yeah. you know, yeah. the, you know is what what is the flannel man?
4: Well, as as best as I can tell, it's something people wake up and see. So we talk in hypnagogia or, or sleep paralysis, uh, paralysis, I don't know. But the odd thing is people are seeing, you know, different people are seeing this same entity. And I call it an entity. Uh, other people might call it an archetype. Um, uh, my wife experienced it one time. Um, I, I was actually with her. I did not see it. Uh, she woke up from, from a nightmare. And when she woke up from the nightmare, standing at our feet was this guy dressed in a red flannel shirt, looked like a lumberjack, big, big guy with a beard. Uh, she, she says she remembers him holding an ax, but she doesn't fully know if she sort of retrospectively put the ax in his hands because he looked like a lumberjack. Mm. But, uh, and he was just standing there. And the other thing that that is common in this, people say he looks surprised when they see him. So she said, "Now my wife's a total skeptic. She doesn't believe in any of this stuff. She's like my son. She's, but uh, you know, she doesn't. No Bigfoot for her. No aliens. It's all it's all Jungian archetypes. Um, uh, uh, you know, as far as she's concerned, and and we're all crazy. Um, the, those of us that believe in this stuff." But she saw this guy and she said that he looked surprised to see her. So we, we talked about it offhandedly. And, and I had read something years and years ago on the Internet about flannel man. So I knew it was a thing. I didn't in, like sort of invent this thing. I forget where I read it and, and when. But, you know, I'm talking maybe 15, 20 years ago or something like that. I mentioned offhandedly to James on one of the shows. And we got someone wrote in to us and said, I've seen this flannel man guy and he he saw him as a kid, woke up. It was in his room. Now he said he actually crawled out of his bed and and he was a young kid, crawled up to his his uh, not like a toddler. I think he was like ten or eight or ten or something. But he crawled across the floor and said he could actually smell the leather of the boots. Cool. He thought it was his his brother that this guy was wearing. Other people have uh, have uh, seen him. One person said he had glowing red eyes, but that's the only account of that, but she woke up. Saw him came to her door, just kind of looked at her and walked away. Someone else said they walked into same entity, walked into her apartment, opened her refrigerator door. She sat up in bed, and he looked at her and was surprised to to uh, that she, he kind of like he, he got caught, like surprised that she could see him. So it's whatever it is, it's something people are are waking up and seeing they're describing them the same way. Some differences. Some people say beard. Some people say no beard. What is consistent is dark pants or jeans and a, and a red flannel shirt. And, uh, and the, the, it seems to be like the, the thing, the surprise to see me thing.
3: How many people have you had report this to you?
4: It's getting in the tens now. I'm trying to get the, I'm collecting all the stories. I'm trying to get people to come on the podcast. Some people just don't want to come on the podcast for whatever reason. But, uh, so, you know, we're in the 10s, not not 20. But I'm thinking probably 10 to 12 at this point so far. So That's if cool. anybody out there
3: is listening to this right now and you've had a flannel man experience, get a hold of Tim or get a hold of me. Yeah. and I'll put you in touch with Tim.
4: <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> most recently, and I think he's coming on strange familiars. There's a guy who does a ghost show on Amazon called Ghost Dimension. And there was there was an article about him filming some ghost or something. I think it was in the Daily Mail in the UK. He's a, a British guy. And it just had offhandedly mentioned his first paranormal experience was when he was 16 and woke up and saw a guy in a red uh, plaid shirt at the foot of his bed. So uh, I immediately contacted him. I just, you know, our schedule being him being in the UK and me being here is hard to arrange, but hopefully I'll have him on. So even people who don't, you know, call it flannel man, seem, there seem to be people who, who have seen this thing and just, ch- you know, chalk it up as a ghost or, or something else.
3: That's strange. Mm. It's that's there's a common thread there too. A lot of people, I've you know we I think we've had somebody on our show that's talked about the they've seen a hat man before, and I've also heard reports of shadow people and things like that. Where there's a common thread where once they're recognized that once they realize that they've been spotted, they're always kind of shocked. Like, oh, you can see me. That that's not a that's that's against the rules. You know, there's yeah there's this weird thing to that where it's like how 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 are you seeing me? You know. And mm-hmm. it, I'm not sure what's more disturbing, the fact that you might have somebody walking around your house in flannel, which, you know, could be the coast of Kurt Cobain. It's more disturbing that they're going into your fridge grabbing stuff, you know?
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it reminds it's me like, of Gerald's game. Every time I hear the stories of people seeing these in they like the Moonlight Man, it's a Stephen King story, but it's it's so messed up because it, it mimics like in the story the way the description of how like you're not supposed to see him unless you've been touched by death it's disturbing hmm. it's weird i don't know
3: and they're always surprised when they're noticed
2: yeah exactly
3: it's like wait a minute it- you, you you're not supposed to see me so you know it, it's kind of like that other movie what was the one with the um dark world You know, where they would just come in, like sleep, you know, and everybody would fall asleep or whatever. And they they weren't allowed to see the people that were behind the scenes manipulating things and pulling the strings. Mm.
4: Yeah. 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 It's very, it's very strange. And it, you know, this may be some kind of archetype, but if so, it's, I mean, I've had people from Europe contact me, uh, Sweden, the UK. When we first talked about it, I thought, well, maybe this is some sort of, you know, collective unconscious American Paul Bunyan thing. And it's, you know, sort of our archetype of, um, you know, the great Western expansion and, and the American worker and et cetera, et cetera, you know, this lumberjack represents. but then when people from all over started, you know, contacting and, uh, and I've seen these stories from the UK and and Europe and so forth, like, well, no, there's there's something else.
3: Well, there was the Slender Man phenomena where the, you know, the story was made up and then people started saying, no, I've seen this thing, you know, Mm -hmm. that happened. Um, And look where that went, you know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. that that created all kinds of fun. Yeah.
2: But, that was a lot of that was blown out of proportion. There was yeah, only exactly. one actual case that some idiot kids decided they were going to kill somebody, but you know, they're kids. Yeah, exactly. It's what they do kill people, you know, um,
3: as you do when you're young. Um, There's another <laughs> one I was trying to think of too, but right now it's slipping in my mind. The, oh, well, there was the, um,
4: the, rake, the rake things that, that I think that started as like a Reddit uh, creepypasta or something, but now people are reporting these rakes, you know, all over the country. I don't know, man. Rakes have been spoken of for a long, long time. Have they? Like been? a long
2: time. Yeah, they were... Ah, uh, oh Christ. They
4: were... They were the this, undead. So the, the same sort of uh, pale, skinny... Uh, the same description of the, uh, that people are describing today.
3: Oh, I yeah. know what you're talking about now. Yes, I've heard of them as well. Um
4: Okay so see, I was under the impression that that was a relatively recent phenomenon that people no. just well, read about it's a it thing but I don't think it is but somebody did write it on creepy pasta and it blew up and okay. then there
2: was a uh I can't remember who it was but they were you know talking about it I think It was a folklorist it was on a YouTube
4: show that I was watching and it was uh you know I'm so, I I'm, I feel much better about that cuz I had a uh, A mention of a rake, I think in my first book. And then I, I, I was like kind of bummed when I found out later, like someone else told me like, Oh, it's just a, you know, it's a very recent phenomenon kind of thing. I'm looking uh, it up on
3: uh, Wiki, w- Monster Wiki right now, actually. The creature is believed to be a humanoid appearance with several references in folklore and horrific urban legends originally appeared on the Internet in Creepypasta. The creature reportedly attacks humans due to unknown reasons and often causes its victims to get psychological trauma. That seems to be a recurring theme. Uh, several theories as to the first uh, development of the right point towards Internet threads and online discussions. See, I've heard of it going back further than that, though. However, yeah, due to way alcoholism, allusions to a creature known as the Rake can be found well before these sources could have developed the idea. Boom. The Rake has also been tied to alternate figures such as the Slender Man, Internet Meme, blah, 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 blah. Uh, the Rake is by proxy of a Slender Man. Uh, reproduction of the creature is similar to what imagined by visual scenes depicted in sci-fi films such as Alien. Uh, past and present, this humanoid life form was never detected by to be detected to be a mammalian nor reptilian yet in a recent video clip on YouTube which I'm sure is real the YouTube video clip clearly I'm such a smarmy asshole here <laughs> clip uh exhibits uh, and shows how the creature reproduces by opening up his host's mouth and releasing its para, proto proto whatever the hell it is ingesting its victims by french kissing them i guess that's how it impregnates you but Yay. this is um this is a much older legend than this, though. I've heard of it yeah. going farther back. It's—I always thought it was a Nordic thing, but like, hey, I guess I'm wrong. So they're like
4: the White Walkers.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: Well, yeah. Well, there's there's a host of that kind of thing from Nordic legends. I don't think they called mm-hmm. them rakes, but there are there are a host of of. Uh, no, you know, they draugers. weren't known. They, they weren't known as rakes. That's a rel- the
2: name the rake is relatively recent, but the description and the action of them goes way way back. So that the the term rake is a newer term, but mm. the description of the character itself, the creature itself, is—I don't want to say it's older than time, but it's old. Yeah, Again, I
3: mean, wh- I swear not- it was one of my D D monster manuals too. At some point, I—I <laughs> do, I, I don't know why. I, I keep bringing that up every show, but <laughs> sorry, go
4: ahead. Oh, I—I I, I was just uh, the Norse have a, a whole. Uh, many, many different undead creatures. So they've got Draugr and Whites and you know, all kinds of things from, from the, the Norse myths. So.
3: I'm trying to find anything I can that goes back and talks about it. There's a book in Google Books that's for free that uh, makes references to them too. Uh, most rake sightings yeah. have come from the whole state of Idaho and the whole state of Washington State and western northwest of Montana. I spoke reason Charles Winston. And he was researching the paranormal fields for 40 years. What book is this one? Uh, the book of paranormal folk folklore rakes, but it's on Google books. So that's a fairly old book. So. <laughs> yeah, it's out there. It's out there. Interesting legend to research. I would imagine.
4: Yeah. But I, I think, I guess it, maybe flannel man is, is like that in as much as, you know, now that people are talking about it, maybe more people will come forward, Um, you know, and, and, uh, it's interesting, though, because, you know, no one's saying this thing, you know, tore my head off or, you know, uh, killed my dog or anything. They're, they're very, very similar to these stories that they're, they wake up. It's always after they wake up, they see him. Um, one, one, I hopefully I'll have him on the show, but he, he actually got up and got a drink of water, came back and then saw him. So he had been up for, you know, not just sat up in bed kind of thing. Um, so it wasn't sleep paralysis. But it, it did follow the the other sightings in that he he was up you know from sleeping he had woken up and
3: it's an and oddly also. specific thing to see too I could see like Shadow Man because Shadow Man really has no form it's just a black outline of a man the Hat Man sure maybe you know a same similar thing with a hat on for the most part but mm-hmm. to see specific clothing yes it had a flannel shirt you know you're basically describing a ghost Paul Bunyan. Um, that's an odd thing to see and be that specific as to what you're looking at and seeing, you know?
4: Yeah. Yeah. And it, I mean, it wasn't, again, I mentioned this offhanded. This wasn't a, a deep interest of mine when I first started talking about it, but it's, uh, it's become very, very interesting to me because of all the, the people that have contacted me and continue to contact me. And, you're going to uh, be known
3: th- as the flannel man guy. Now, like everybody's got their little niche in the paranormal Well, Josh has got <laughs> fan folklore. Somebody else has got shadow kids. You're going to become the flannel man guy. Which, oh, hey,
4: I, you know, I, I don't want to be just the flannel man guy.
3: <laughs> <laughs> now it'll definitely be Mr. Happen. Pennsylvania. Yeah, <laughs> Mr. Weird Pennsylvania. All right, well, we've had you on here for over an hour now. Um, so this is where I give everybody a chance in the show to give a shout out for where people can find you and what books you have and your podcast and all of those kinds of things.
4: Right on. So uh, easiest place to find me is strangefamiliars.com. Any of the contact information there goes to me. I answer all the, the email and so forth for the podcast. Um, so I pretty much, other than speaking, the podcast is me. All the editing and, and the music and everything. Uh, the the people who are speaking on there with me, of course, that that's, you know, I don't script it for them. So, that's your so they, music
3: on there, too, isn't it? That's, that's you yeah. playing all the music? Yeah. Uh,
4: yeah, I mean, me and and my band, but uh, Yeah. It's, uh, I write all the songs for the band. So, so it's, uh, it's all me. Um, and, and my, my co hosts and my wife sometimes contribute and their contributions are, are awesome. And I'm, I'm happy to have them. So I'm not downplaying with them. I'm just saying, <laughs> I just like the, the technical side of things I handle. The, I answer the email. If you want to contact me, strangefamiliars.com the Facebook page, uh, I think it's just Facebook.com slash strange familiars. Um, all my email and stuff is there. My, uh, you can listen to the podcast there, or of course, anywhere you listen to podcasts, iTunes, you know, where, wherever you listen. We're on YouTube, uh, Strange Familiars is the channel. And, uh, my books I have three books out now Beyond the Seventh Gate, that one's about Toad Road, Bigfoot West Coast Wildman, that's historical reports of Bigfoot in California, Oregon, and Washington State, and Bigfoot in Pennsylvania, which is, uh, all historical reports of Bigfoot in Pennsylvania.
2: that's a sick book. I own it. Buy it.
4: <laughs> Thanks.
3: <laughs> yeah, I really need to get the uh, the Toad Road one myself.
4: Um, i'm I'm working on a follow- up to the Toad Road one. Believe it or not, I found more information, uh, a lot more information enough to do a follow-up book. but uh, if if anyone listening has had experiences there, um I got a lot of new witness reports and so forth in that one, so i'm I'm collecting those as well.
3: Well, Tim, thanks for coming on here. It's fun talking to you. Um, as I said last time, I really do enjoy your show. Um, I'm a little bit envious of it because it's <laughs> it's more like the kind of show that I've always wanted to do but don't think I would ever be able to do. Um, you've always got new and interesting stuff on there. You're not the run-of-the-mill, typical paranormal show. You really delve deeply into the folklore and the history and it's always very interesting history. It's always cool stuff. It's like I said earlier, every time I'm like, okay, I'm done with Pennsylvania. We can't possibly cover any more weird shit coming out of the state. And then I'll binge listen on your show and I'll be like, son of a bitch. You know, here we go again. Yeah. <laughs> well,
4: th- thank you. That that means a lot to me. It's, it's, like, it's God damn you know. it. I got
3: to get Tim on again. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's easy, too, because whenever <laughs> I have you on here, I just like, okay, go ahead. Tell, tell us your stories. And
4: you, know, you always find and the coolest shit. go.
3: Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, I'm,
4: uh, I'm happy to be on anytime.
3: Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate
4: it. Thanks, Tim. Your sure thing.
3: Take care, man.
1: Bro, it's Rudy. You uh, said that nobody had called the Wookiee line yet. Well, <clears throat> There you go. Now you have. All right, buddy. Talk to you guys later. Love you and Lobo. You guys keep me laughing all the goddamn time. You guys have fun out there. Stay safe. Later, brother. Hey, this is Lee
3: from Chicago. Here is my Chewbacca impersonation.
1: Uh-oh. Chewie, is that you? Chewie!
3: Want to get in contact with the show or listen to back episodes? It's easy. Go to www.projectarchivist.com. On the right side of the page, you'll find links to our archives, as well as links on how to get onto our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter. If you want to leave a voicemail for us, it's 734-681-0459. Yes, we do listen to all of them. Or if you want to talk to Lobo directly, you can call 203-212-9975. Yes, that will in fact put you in touch with his cell phone. If he's available, he will take your call and talk to you. If you're just looking to send us an email, you can do that at projectarchivist at gmail.com. Don't forget to look for us on iTunes under the podcast section, or you can stream us right to your phone with the Stitcher Android app for free.
2: This is the Secret Transmission Podcast. We are a podcast about the strange and unusual, the secret and the conspiracies, the friends and the supernatural. We're a podcast that talks about weird things like number stations, the Bermuda Triangle, the Salem Witch Trials, time travel, the moon landing, the Zika virus, serial killers, cults, the deep web, UFOs, superstitions. We cover it all. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, and Google Play. You can also follow us on Twitter, at Secret Transpod at S-E-C-R-E-T-T-R-A-N-S-P-O-D. Come listen to us try to explain the unexplainable.
4: So that
3: was Tim. Uh, interesting as always. So anyhow, we have Easter Fallout biblical jackass stories to be read. Or at mm. least one. I've got two, but the second one isn't as good as this one. So, uh, take us to Eyewitness News 7. I don't even know where the hell this is out of. Is this in California. Florida? No, it's in Arizona. It's an Arizona story.
2: How come it says Newport Beach, California? Are we looking oh. at the same story? Holy shit. No, I'm looking at some dude who got sodomized. Where the hell this comes <laughs> from? What are you sending me? No. Holy shit.
3: No, no, that's not what I sent you. Because you originally read what it was supposed to be. Holy
2: shit, dude. That popped up out of nowhere. No. Some dude got arrested in California. The for- Stacked. For- 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 mistakenly sodomizing someone. Yeah, because it's
3: definitely Easter related.
2: How do you mistakenly sodomize somebody? <laughs> wow. I don't know. We've all done Holy it. Holy shit. Well, really? <laughs> I don't know what kind of parties you're hanging out well, nah, at. Well now, we
3: got Logan at house. Have you ever mistakenly sodomized anybody?
0: Maybe once
3: or twice. See, it happens. It does It's happen. a thing. No,
2: I'm apparently a broken human.
3: It's Do you have the original article or do I need to read I do, Yes, I
2: do. All right. Well, <laughs> take us to Arizona then. April 3rd. An Arizona woman was arrested after she allegedly used a sun gun to awaken her teenage son whoa, before whoa, a church. Whoa. Not a sun gun, a stun gun. A stun gun. <laughs> I said, get up, it's Jesus' day. Jared Dobbins, 40, said in an interview with KNXV, uh, I made the noise with matters. the taser, but I did not tase my son. Uh, half measures available. I nothing. made
3: the noise with the taser, but that's like saying How I put you, it to my lips, this, but I did not inhale.
2: Yes. All right, Clinton. According to the Phoenix uh, Police Department, Dobbins contacted, contact tased her teenage son on the leg in order to rouse the 16-year-old. Uh, the mother said she simply stood in a doorway and brandished the taser, flashing its lights and making it spark as a warning. Who does this? I mean, I do, but not I
1: was going to gonna say,
2: kids. I'm pretty sure you've done it. Not to my kids, though. My kids Who else younger. would you do it to? Do you do this uh, to your wife? I work with? Oh, no, dude, i never tase my wife. What are you fucking oh, she'd stupid? She'd beat your ass. That's why. Yeah, she'd get me while I was sleeping. Investigators found two marks on the boy's leg, police said. According to KNXV, the woman was taken into custody and spent 12 hours in jail on Sunday. Oh, dear. Put in jail on the Lord's Day. When her son threatened to call the police, Dobbins said she replied, You can call the police, UPS, DPS, whoever you want to call. I tell it to my kids, too. I'm calling the cops. Well, you better call nine one one because you're going to need it. Police were on the phone, and I told the dispatcher, I told her, you need to be with Jesus right now, said Dobbins, who was arrested on uh, suspicion of child abuse with intent to cause harm. She is scheduled to appear in court on April 16th. Nobody writes a book uh, on the correct way of of parenting, the mother said. I tell my son to honor thy mother and thy father, or their (laughs) days will be shortened. (laughs) That's my favorite. Who does this? <laughs> I like how it's got a
3: report, a typo button on the bottom, button on the bottom down there, too.
2: All right. I still want to figure out how that freaking mistaken sodomy article. So this is how we're
3: going to do this. Oh. Um, I'm going to no. hand you this book, uh-huh. and you're going to read a section out of it. Just read a paragraph. Can you do a Trump voice?
0: Uh, I don't really know what a Trump voice
3: should be. Okay, hold on here. Let's see, because I'm and holding... a watch. I am now, oh, God, there's a section here, Trump on the Wolfman. I am now holding the book in my hand, Trump, Ghost Hunter. Believe me, I know ghosts. The Paranormal Adventures of the World's Greatest Living Ghost Hunter. Stories transcribed by Joey Hellenet by and Donald Trump. Um, this is a really short book. It's about maybe 20 pages. And, um, yeah, I'm going to have Logan read a paragraph. Just read the first paragraph there.
2: Okay.
3: And uh, since he drove four hours from uh, Indiana to be up here to do this. This is why you don't, this is why you just don't show up at the studio, folks, because we'll put you to work. There's a reason I'm fat. I'm lazy.
2: Oh. <laughs> I think it's the other way around.
3: <laughs> There's a reason I'm lazy? It's because I'm fat? Yes. Okay, that works as well, too.
2: <laughs> would you like a jelly bean? I would not. Don't eat his jelly beans. I, food, food.
0: So. <laughs> yeah, I, I would like not to wake up.
2: <laughs> oh, then you want to eat a jelly bean. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh, it right. tastes like burning. Lobo, shut up! <laughs> no. All right.
0: What most people don't know is that most of the Mexicanali citizens coming to America are doing so because of the massive infestation of that country and its neighbors by chupacabras and mummies. Now you I've done. You a... totally
3: sound like Donald Trump
4: right
0: now. I'm doing my best. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> Now, I've done a ton of business in Mexico and South America. Fake news. It it is, absolutely. Huge. I've made a lot of people rich, and I've made a lot of money for myself, and yet no matter how much I have tried to help these countries, the U.S. has become a dumping ground for their problems, sadly. The overwhelming amount of supernatural crime in our major cities is committed by Aztec mummies and Mexican chupacabras. And since no one wants to stop it, I will, even though that was probably the downfall of all my casinos. Is hmm. that actually in there? No. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <All right.
1: laughs> Years matter. ago,
0: I went to Mexico to visit on business, and when I was asked by the president of Mexico to meet with him about something very important. Before I go any further with the story, just let me say, Fox is an asshole. What? <laughs> <laughs> Who is it saying? It says, it says Fox is an asshole. Who's the president?
3: Vincent Vincent Vin- Oh, Vin- yeah, that's Vin- right. You're going to see Fox. Yes. Gotcha. Okay.
0: Anyways, he tells me that they're having a problem with a chupacapra who's teamed up with an ancient Aztec mummy and two of them are just destroying villages and cities all over Mexico. He gets on his knees and begs me to help while I was trying to get my pants down.
2: Oh,
3: Brief pause for a fact.
0: <laughs> well, I'm a helpful person and no one wants to help more than me, so I agree to be Clinton for a day. <laughs> right. maybe, maybe you can was stop at right any there.
3: point. <laughs> We're
2: good.
3: So yeah, go out and find this book if you can on Amazon. I'm actually gonna see if I can get some kind of a um impromptu I don't know, he won't do live interviews, so I'll see what I can get from him. Anyways, that's it. Uh yeah, two best of shows next week. Uh I think that's it. We'll be back the following week. Um we already did the calls. Should I do the email? Should I do the email? Sure, why uh, not? Pull the email up here. Check the folder.
1: Ta da! Got to go to the email.
0: Get the email. Strong bad. You know what I have bread? to put up with? Is it's terrible. It? I don't know if I'm going to make it.
3: Hey, my shoes stink right now, so he's putting up with more than you are. Yes. I was working on my bike last night, and my feet got wet. My shoes got wet, so I'm, I'm going to have to change shoes. More information anybody wants to know. Oh, let's see here. Allison Cook. Hi, guys. The best of show Science of Addiction is excellent. I wasn't aware of your podcast when the program first aired, so I truly appreciated the opportunity to listen and learn. Actually, there is so much content in the Addiction Show that I'm on my second round of listening to the show. How many times can I say the word show? I learned a lot of new information from the show, even though it doesn't actually say it that time around. Two of you are fantastic (laughs) Uh Fantastic interviews and the work so well together. Thank you for Project Arc archivist and the work you do thank you allison yes that show was important for a variety of reasons that was uh Mm. i've always wanted to get a hold of that guy again because we've gotten a lot of emails about that show a lot of people that listen to that show well i won't say a lot but there's been quite a few that got their act together because of that episode and with the whole opioid addiction thing going on right now that's kind of why i wanted to rerun that one Mm. but um I think that's it. Are we done? We got everything taken care of for now. Are we got everything covered? Is that it? I mean Hold the plug. It's dead.
0: Definitely wondering how often you write your own emails to yourself.
3: I don't write my. What are you talking about?
0: Because that was super flattering.
3: Oh, we don't get very many emails.
0: That's what I'm saying. How many times do you send fake emails? Well, you're
3: looking yourself? at my emails right now. How many emails do you see?
0: I see you making up a Gmail account with the name of Allison.
3: <laughs> you got these are all like this, the. Uh. Did you say fake email account? I did, yeah. No, she's on our Facebook page, asshole.
2: Wow, you are quick today, aren't you, Sunny? I'm hungry. So your brain slows when you're hungry. Yeah, we're done.
3: All right, we're gonna get out of here.
2: Wow, you Holy go tase shit. your kids, all right? Tasers.
3: All right, this is Rogan from Detroit. Peace out, everybody.
2: Logan, this say something.
0: Oh, uh, this is definitely not Bigfoot. Girl.
2: <laughs> this is Lobo from Connecticut. Uh, ghosts wear underwear.
1: <laughs> Peace, yeah. folks. Bye-bye. That guide me towards salvation I stopped an old man along the way Hoping to find some old forgotten words Or ancient melody He turned to me as if to say Hurry boy, it's waiting there for you It's about the scenery. I seek to cool, what's deep inside, fighting all this thing that I've become.
3: Today, did someone shit in your Cheerios? Yes, you have kids,
2: I do, and no taser. Um, not here right now, at least. Need to buy a taser. I don't know what we're gonna do for our next show yet. I don't really I know, know what we're not gonna do, we're not gonna talk to flat earth morons. How about that?
3: <sighs> I kind of want to, but I kind of don't. I don't. Hold on one second. Let me check in my show folders and ideas. Do you um, delete it as you go? Yeah. Right. Like right here, these are stories for the fast food food show. There's taco dot, dot dot bell. See taco dot 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 bell, as labeled. These are all taco oriented. You stores. can
2: fucking stab him now if you'd like. Uh, you're close to him.
0: I could. You're right.
2: <laughs> I bet your gravy comes out. <laughs> oh fuck you!
3: Is it- <laughs> 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 I only make my own gravy under sufficient heat. Doesn't take much. These are assaulted with food stories. These are all articles where people have attacked each other with food. So when you hear the fast food show this year, you know this is what this is how I put shows together. I save folders, and as stuff comes up, you know I just put it into separate folders for it.
2: April showers bring Mayflowers. Mayflowers bring smallpox. <laughs>
3: <laughs> all right. Say so ready.